year on their anniversary, Harold would plan a trip. The phone's rang in, and it's my brother. My brother said, Tony's been in an accident. She was gone. Now we have an investigation we have to conduct. There were small things that didn't totally add up. It was an obscure area. It was just so steep. He said he was doing CPR the whole time. Her lipstick was not smudged. There was something more to this story. Most people didn't know that Harold was married before. This is two wives for Harold that have died now. And that was very suspicious. God, look, I swear we didn't do it. It's time for the show. Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love, when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, I'm Brian Brushwood. More importantly, who is that accusing us of having committed a crime? And plus, we have an alibi, I swear. <laughs> I don't think that was about us. That, was not, uh, yeah, that I, wasn't a phone call. That was, was a video. Kind of scancy <laughs> pants. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that was a trailer for Hulu's upcoming series, Wild Crime, about the oh. mysterious death of Tony Henthorne in the Rocky Mountain National Park. There are going to be four episodes. The first one is dropping on Tuesday this week. The rest are coming out every day between uh, now between now and Friday. So that's going to be four episodes coming to Hulu. You, White you know, millennials do love their true crime. <laughs> you know you know who doesn't have an alibi, who I think they should talk to about what happened at, at this time, is uh, uh, CNET's own Ayaz Akhtar. Hello, everybody. We're celebrating a, a, a huge milestone today because oh, uh, I'm in my fabulous studio, and I found this, my note from the last episode I was on. It's <laughs> <laughs> a thing. It's still a wow. thing, everybody. So I'm really wow, excited. It's like, how did you know? How did you, that's just crazy that, you know? Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, folks, uh, people used to joke uh, in the early days of Cord Killers and, it, and its predecessor, Frame Rate, uh, that we were just a Netflix show. All we did was talk about Netflix. Well, this time it's true. Time for our primary target. Netflix made all the news this week, uh, in part thanks to a fan event called Tadum. After the sound, you know, the Netflix sound, Tadum, uh, that took place on Saturday. Uh, we will start, however, with the the non-Tadum news and then move quickly through some, but not all of the content announcements, or we'd be here all day. Uh, first, upload VR. Notice that back on April 20th, Netflix listed a VR game called Eden Unearthed. On Oculus's App Lab, a platform for experimental games, the game works on the Oculus Quest, and Quest 2 is free and is related to the Netflix anime series Eden. Uh, so I've been thinking, ah, they'll just do mobile, and I guess VR kind of mobile with the Oculus because it's not wired, but uh, doing VR too, looks like, or at least experimenting. Uh, the, the nice thing about the VR reach is that uh, people who are into VR are, are pretty voracious for VR content. So you, that, that that's a smart play. Of course, not as many people have VR as have mobile devices. I have no interest in VR. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm crazy. I, I feel like this isn't, this is a, maybe someday this will become something. So let's keep trying it until it does. Uh, Netflix also launched a free mobile version of their service in Kenya. You do have to sign up for a Netflix account, but you don't have to pay anything. And there are no ads. Anyone older than 18 with an Android phone can get the free plan, which gives access to about 25% of the Netflix catalog in Kenya, although that does include some full series. The idea seems to be to entice people to want to watch the rest of the catalog uh, or to get tired of watching on their phone and watch on a TV or laptop. Netflix has previously done free trials, of course, 
uh, and they offer a mobile service for about three bucks uh, US in India. But this is certainly the most expansive free version of the service that Netflix has tried. So in our entire run, Tom, I don't think we ever considered this possibility. We've talked about gated stuff, trial stuff. Uh, we've talked about uh, ad supported, uh, all kinds of different ways to give people a taste. But it, this idea of the, the crack cocaine model of just like have some for free, it's really good, it's Netflix, is brilliant. I, it, it, it has no friction to entry and it's limited in all the right ways where if you care, if you like the ecosystem, you get to dive in and plus they can always change which 25% they're showing. Yeah, right. That's super interesting. You wanna keep getting more and more subscribers, give it away for free. And then if you go to your TV, it could be, it could be pretty big. Pretty big. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think the wildest thing we ever thought was like Netflix might do one of those linear channels, like right? like a Pluto like, TV or an yeah, HBO you, thing. You, yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to pick what you watch, but you could tune in and see stuff. Uh, so yeah, 25 percent, uh, just just for free, just for free. And they're trying it out in Kenya. If it works in Kenya, they might take it to other markets. But it, they said this is very tailored to what we know about the market in Kenya. So uh, Netflix acquired the Roald Dahl story company, which administers the rights to the works of the late author Roald Dahl. Uh, Netflix had already reached a deal. If you're like, wait, didn't they have something going on? Uh, they had reached a deal with the company in 2018 to create several animated TV shows, including one based on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, coming from Phil Johnston and Taika Waititi, and an adaptation of Matilda the Musical with Sony working title. But now... Once this closes, Netflix will be able to adapt all of Dahl's works unless they are already licensed to other companies under existing agreements. Netflix says all 26 of the employees of RDSC will remain. The company will work as an autonomous unit under Netflix, and it will continue to develop and expand on the 19 TV shows, films, stage shows, and live experiences currently being worked on. Uh, so, I mean, Netflix isn't becoming a publishing company, but they're now going to rake in some money off of Roald Dahl's books uh, that are published. So expect Netflix tie-in versions of all that stuff to show up for sure. Yeah, I'm the Ayaz Akhtar of this one. I, I don't have any interest in Roald Dahl stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always big when Netflix is picking up companies. And then when they bought the uh, Millerverse from Mike Millar, I've said his name wrong, uh, that was a big deal. So I'm really curious what kind of other properties we're going to see made on Netflix and then remade and canceled and remade, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, that that that's what I look at this is like ah uh, either a portion of the other shoe or the laces or something has dropped where Miller was the was the first uh, and I was like okay they'll level up they, they'll try this then they'll get a little bigger this time they got a little bigger with Roald Dahl Charlie and the Chocolate Factory a, a very famous uh, doll work and and James and the Giant Peach and a bunch of other stuff that has been remade over and over. Yeah, so what's next? What what becomes the full dropping of the shoes? Uh, if that wasn't enough, on men Monday, the Code Conference, uh, Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandos shared numbers, actual numbers of the accounts that had viewed its top 10 films and series. Uh, a view, of course, in Netflix's opinion, is at least two minutes during the first 28 days of availability. Bridgerton led the way for series with 82 million and the film Extraction, the Chris Hemsworth vehicle, uh, led the way for movies with 99 million. Uh, Serendos also shared a slide of total hours viewed in its first 28 days. Bridgerton leads that chart as well, but Bird Box swaps places uh, with Extraction and takes the top spot 
in number of hours watched. So apparently more people quit extraction than Bird Box. Uh, I, I, I want to get your take on this. Now, uh, some numbers are better than no numbers, if you're curious, like we are. But, I mean, two minutes equals a view. I mean... That's like the yeah, 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 what what you you pay full price you walk in Avengers Endgame and you watch two minutes and leave does that mean you watched the movie? Well, I mean you're aware of it at least you know that at least you made it to the title screen you're like okay that's a thing I know it's a thing and you can kind of talk about it in an educated way. I am surprised they're giving out numbers at all. It just seems like a strange thing. The Netflix for years didn't bother with this. Why start now? Bragging. Bragging rights. They they want to show the other producers out there like, oh yeah, we got people watching. You may not see us in theaters. We may, may not get those box office numbers. And but actually, we got people watching. this is a pretty good preventative me measure. If what they have is a dominant market position, uh, and they're aware that everybody else is going to be shouting numbers. Disney Plus is going to be shouting numbers. Hulu is going to be shouting numbers. All that stuff. Uh, and so by um, uh, anchoring these bigger numbers, like it doesn't matter. And, and in fact, you would want to use a BS metric like the first two minutes so that you have in your mind the idea of like, well, Netflix does 100 million views. So as a result, it doesn't sound impressive when other uh, press releases come out. You know, I, I want to push back a little on the idea that two minutes is a BS number. If you sit for two minutes, you're likely to keep sitting. And if you look at the list of total hours viewed, it kind of tracks. Uh, Most of the stuff that shows up on the on the views side shows up in the total hours tracked, you know, or pretty close. Bird Box and Extraction, great examples. They just flip-flop places. So I don't think it's totally a BS number. I think it might be smarter for them to look at it and say, well, the 15-minute number is not that much different from the two-minute number. Let's call it 15 minutes because that sounds better. But I, I I bet there's a reason why they're like, no, two minutes is a perfectly valid number because they use it for internal metrics too, and they wouldn't want to use a BS number for internal metrics. Uh, that's a good point because also keep in mind the idea of sort of attention loss leaders where it's like you think you want to sign up for Netflix because you think you're going to love this series that's based on the books that you know and then you try it and it's not really what you want you're still signed up to Netflix and you're still and then now you're going to find mm, the thing that you too. do love yeah. so in that regard mm -hmm. yeah no I could I could be on board with that and then also after the two minutes you have like infinite options to get out you could view something else so like if you're actually like, like Tom is saying if you are sticking around for two minutes I mean, you have the option to jump out already. There's not like it's everything's on demand. You're choosing to watch it. So I think that number may not be too great, but I'm sure once the numbers are like, if completion rates were super high, it's so, they'd be talking about that too. I'm, I'm not trying to argue that two minutes is like, it's a perfectly great number, but I'm, it's probably not as bad as it sounds, is, is my guess. All right. Netflix had a, their, their own little like online con. Uh, on Saturday, they call it to dumb after that Netflix sound that plays when you start a Netflix uh, show. Uh, and in honor of that, I will be reading all the announcements and I, as and Brian will each respond with two syllable answers, <laughs> uh, mimicking the sound. Ta-da! Here we go. Ready. First look at the Sandman. No premiere date. Okay. DC. Stranger Things teaser, new location shown called The Creel House coming 2022. Uh, past it. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Opening sequence for live action Cowboy Bebop coming November 19th. Awesome. Bebop. <laughs> the Witcher, multiple teasers for season two, behind the scenes look at the prequel series Blood Origin and official approval of a third season of The Witcher. 
don't know. Cavill. <laughs> uh, teaser for Bridgerton season two coming 2022. Uh, don't know. <laughs> Smutty. <laughs> Uh, trailer for Army of Thieves, the prequel to Army of the Dead, coming October 29th. Hard pass. Snyder. <laughs> trailer for comet disaster movie Don't Look Up, which stars Meryl Streep, Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Jonah Hill, coming December 24th and to select theaters. Look out. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> Arcane, a series based on the game League of Legends with new trailer and a premiere date of November 6th. Smart play. Hard pass. <laughs> I like that the, the chat room is getting in on this too. Uh, Studio Colorado's next anime will be Drifting Home, a story about two childhood friends that drift into a mysterious sea alongside an entire housing complex coming 2022. What? <laughs> Uh, first look at the conspiracy theory cartoon inside job coming october 22nd building seven inside we'll allow it uh cobra kai season four coming december 31st still going johnny (laughs) uh first look at a documentary on kanye west called gene yes Coming 2022. Who's that? I roll. (laughs) Tiger King 2. New trailer coming November 17th. It's a new trailer and it's coming November 17th. Wait, what? Tiger King 2. (laughs) Don't care. Uh, Teaser for Ozark Season 4, which is coming out 2022. We'll wait. Still on. (laughs) Money Heist Season 5, Volume 2, announced to be coming in December. Dunno. Dunno. (laughs) A lot of Dunno's. A lot of Dunno's kicking around now. Uh, We're we're almost to the end. Sex Education, which just premiered on Netflix, renewed for Season 3. Saucy. Sounds good. Uh, Teaser for Emily in Paris Season 2, which will be coming November 22nd. Uh, okay. Who cares? <laughs> Wrong audience. Uh, teaser from Imelda Staunton, who will play Queen Elizabeth in season five of The Crown, announcing that it will be coming in November 2022, November <laughs> next year. Who's that? <laughs> Imperialism. Uh, teaser for Super Crooks coming November 25th. Uh, okay. Super. <laughs> uh, we got three more left. Three more left. Uh, Hellbound, a trailer for a show premiering uh, November 19th, horror film. Oh, no. Missed it. Uh, teaser for Extraction 2, the, the most popular Netflix movie of all time. Extraction gets a sequel starring Chris Hemsworth coming soon. Two men's. Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, that's it. That's uh, not everything they announced. Uh, there's there's probably a half dozen things that we left out, but I think that's enough for now. Uh, do y'all have anything you want to expand on your your two syllable reactions? With? Uh, I do. I do want to share one hot take, which is uh, the jaw dropping response I had to that Cowboy Bebop opening credit sequence. Uh, did either of you guys watch the original Cowboy Bebop? Yeah. And did you have an, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a feeling when you saw the live action version of it? I thought the live action one would make me nervous, but it was actually actually looked pretty good. 
So yeah. I'm hoping. I, I think I'm it was really cautious. smart to release that opening uh, opening sequence because it it sort of relaxed the part of me that was like, it's going to be weird to be live action because it's not live action entirely in the opening sequence. It's, you know, it's an opening sequence. They always have animation in an opening sequence and it just kind of kind of makes you feel a little more comfortable. I think. Well, here's the part that really surprised me. When the announcement first came out, um, The everybody trembled with fear and cynicism in, in an insulation uh, to say like, we don't want it, we don't need it, you're gonna screw it up, you know? And really all they're saying is, I love Cowboy Bebop very much and I am afraid that, that yeah, you right. will not do it justice and make me embarrassed to be a fan. Um, and I thought that this was about as loud and as clear a press release that you, these are those, the fans are who they're working very, very hard to please. And uh, instead of anybody being converted, because I am somebody who believes that if you love something and if there's a one in a hundred chance that they, that, that they can capture that magic again and, and heaven forbid, maybe even bring you more. Like, remember that feeling like like the, the first episode of The Mandalorian? Like, there's a lot mm. of Star Wars garbage, but damned if that first episode of The Mandalorian didn't bring back some of that New Hope energy. If there is a chance and you love a property, then you owe it to give them a chance. And to, it's not like they give you cynicism. You, I was right, it was stupid <laughs> trophies. So you're not winning anything. All you're doing is announcing that you're afraid. Now, I thought that this opening credit sequence would calm people and maybe convert them, but instead, everybody who was skeptical at first and uh, just dug in their heels, and you know, even even my own daughter, she was just like, "No, dumb, should be 2D, blah blah blah, not gonna be good, not gonna watch it," and and it's like all you're saying, it's it's uh, just uh, look. Here, here's the point I made: is yes, statistically speaking, it's very likely that this will disappoint. In fact, uh, let's just assume it will disappoint, which means that the best it will ever feel if you're a fan of Cowboy Bebop is the giddy excitement about what might be. So if this release of this opening credit sequence is the best it's going to be, it'd be a shame if you didn't even bother to enjoy this part because uh, so, so, so open up your hearts and at least enjoy the giddy optimism before your soul gets crushed. Can I talk about Cobra Cry? Because I'm yes, really yes, excited about that. Okay, so I did watch Cobra Kai way back when it was on YouTube. I think it was red at the time. Now it's premium, and I'm really glad that Netflix picked it up. And now everyone's like, "Oh, it's a new show, and everybody loves it." Season four looks really good. I'm really curious to see Johnny and Daniel working together. They've been so great. I'm just, it's a, this show has been so ridiculously consistent and fun. And it's moving stories along, although the last season finale was a little ridiculous. It was still really good. So I'm I'm really curious. I'm excited about Cobra Kai season four. Can't wait to watch that because, I mean, these guys have done pretty much, the writers have done pretty much no wrong except for the finale of the last season. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, well, just a, a note to the Netflix uh, folks out there. I know, I, I know they're, they're not going to organize their behavior based on this show right here, uh, but just, you know, uh, worth considering. Uh, if you had spaced these out over a couple of months, <laughs> we would have given a, you know, two or three minutes to each announcement, probably. <laughs> Instead, you got two syllables. Uh, you know why? 
because our boss isn't Netflix. Our boss is the patrons, Brian. That's right, man. And look, we could shout outside of the walls of Netflix. Uh, we want a new show. We don't like the old show. They ain't going to lift a finger. They don't care. But we do care because you guys and our fabulous 1,000 plus bosses who keep us loud, live, and independent for just $1 a week over at patreon.com slash cord killers are all that matters in our world. You're our two minutes. You complete us. You complete our budget. <laughs> That's for sure. Slash cord killers. Let's talk about how to watch. Um, let's try to take the following news as a sign that multi-channel streaming services like YouTube TV are now seen as valuable and likely to survive and make money. NBC is running scrolls and banner ads on the YouTube TV streams of its channels, warning customers they could lose NBC-owned channels from YouTube TV if Google doesn't change its mind by September 30th and reach a deal. Uh, there's even a website called youneedchannels.com where you can go and learn more and send feedback to YouTube TV about how unreasonable they are being to Comcast slash NBC Universal. Uh, Google said in a blog post about this itself that it wants the same rates that services of a similar size get from NBCU. And uh, if NBC blocks it from running its channels, it'll lower the price of YouTube TV by $10 a month for the period of time that the NBC channels are gone. And it directed people with a link to Peacock of like, hey, you would do, if you don't like this and you want to cancel YouTube TV, you can go to Peacock, get NBC's stuff right there. Uh, generally, when a content provider and a content carrier are too far apart to reach an agreement, both sides start appealing to the customers with these kinds of pressures to try to put public pressure on the other. Uh, it's a time-honored tradition in classic cable TV that is now carried over to the streaming world pretty regularly. Uh, this is not the first time we've seen it. Variety says NBC wants the higher rates we mentioned as well as to have YouTube TV bundle in Peacock. Uh, and my guess is, you know, they may, the channels might disappear uh, September 30th, uh, but eventually they'll come back, they'll figure out a deal. Listen, Tom, there comes a time in the developing life of every over-the-top network where they may become irascible, they may be starting picking fights, they may have this flush of feelings they've never had before. <laughs> People who are friends are suddenly not friends with. It's all part of the natural development. I, for one, am so proud. Our YouTube TV's hit puberty. Oh, look, it's got a little mustache. <laughs> I'm, I'm having flashbacks to Petaluma days. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember all this stuff would happen on cable all the time. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it's happening now. I mean, who would have thought this would happen? Because it's exactly what's happened in the past. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mature it's a mature service. It's working. And obviously, it's got Google money. So, you know, Universal wanting that Google money, not exactly too weird to hear. And uh, if, they, if, if Google is sending people to Peacock, uh, warning, Peacock is a terrible, terrible app on at least Android and on um, Apple TV. So... If you use it, uh, I'm, I'm sorry for you because I use it and it's terrible. The one thing I will say is usually these disputes come up when the margins are running thin for one side or the other. Uh, we saw a lot of this kind of stuff around Dish uh, when Dish is, was really like kind of scraping by, but, but felt like they had the advantage of not losing as many subscribers as traditional cable. Uh, and I, I, I imagine that Google's probably running YouTube TV pretty close to the bone right now, as is NBC. 
just because of pandemics and everything. So it's not shocking to me that this is going to happen. This is this also, is those, should, those should, early should, double dates where, or those early dates when both of them are so poor they kind of push the bill back and forth towards each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, oh my gosh, that's totally what's going on. And and they're at a Denny's, like they're not, yeah. yeah, right. Um, the bill's eight dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I should also disclose that my wife works for Rotten Tomatoes and Fandango, which is owned by NBC Universal, which is the subject of that story. All right. Let's talk about what to watch in Under Surveillance. I like you to tell you it's all about location, location, location. Under Surveillance. Well, this is the big one. You're like, wait a minute, you're not going to talk about the thing? You're going to get all the way through the court killers and not talk about the thing? No, we're going to talk about the thing. Deadline reports the CW is developing a new version of Babylon 5, a from-the-ground-up reboot to be written by series creator J. Michael Straczynski and center around the character of John Sheridan. They did it, Tom. The, the, the demon hordes, the barbarians at the gates, all of you guys, you kept on asking, why don't you guys watch Babylon 5? What's it going to take for us to watch Babylon 5? What do I have to do? Create a whole new version of it? <laughs> Apparently, yes. And uh, congratulations. We'll, we'll give it a try. We're going to watch Babylon 5. <laughs> Was the original angsty and teenager-y? Because C it's CW, that's the, right? That's the worry, right? CW is usually like I liked Arrow and Flash and all those, but they were definitely angsty and teenager-y, uh, nonetheless. So well, so, so was uh, so was uh, 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 Battlestar Galactica in a post 9/11 world uh, as an al allegory. I mean, it was it was those same adjectives. But that was but on sci-fi, not CW. CW has a target CW. market, so sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I My hope is J. Michael Straczynski being the writer means this is going to have the feel of a Straczynski. But remember, he did Sense8. And so it's not necessarily going to be the original Babylon 5. He's, you know, he's he's got other kinds of stories to tell. Could be, I don't, dare I say, it could be better. Dare well, I even... CW's got low standards. I mean, it's just going to be better than Batwoman, right? It's going to be better than Babylon 5. <laughs> It's going to make people remember CW is around, is what it's going to do. <laughs> what what I want to know is CW's approach up until now has been free streaming for the first five episodes or the most recent five episodes with commercials or get it over the air or on a cable system. They have not done a streaming series uh, or streaming package. They have not partnered with any of the paid streaming out there. When you got Babylon 5, you've got a chance to launch something around that, right? Like that's the kind of thing you launch a new streaming service around, right? Uh, well, you're talking about like linking it to the back catalog and everything. Like, like maybe CW takes their free app and the seed app that they have, and they they relaunch a, a paid service, maybe just pay to get rid of ads or something like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could I could see that. I mean, this certainly does have all, you know, it feels like a tentpole opportunity. However, I mean, the 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 demographic. I think that Babylon, forgive me, people, I love all of you, but but I think the, the Babylon 5 loving community is more your age, Tom, than my age. I mean, but that's... you know what? MTV had good had had a good run doing that as well. I mean, that Teen Wolf show was pretty good. I did not watch the yep. Scream show, but they've done a good job of taking some of these movies. Well, I guess this was another series, but they, they have a there's I think there's a good record of bringing forward properties generation wise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, maybe CW just, you know, keeps selling its, its back catalog out to, uh, HBO max, which is kind of a part owner. Uh, anyway, Warner is, um, we'll, we'll find out.
Nintendo announced the cast for Illuminations movie Mario, based on the character from Nintendo Mario, starring Chris Pratt as Mario, Anya Taylor-Joy from Queen's Gambit fame as Princess Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black as Bowser, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, and Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong, with, if you're worried, cameos from Charles Martinet, who voices Mario in most of the games. That's all coming to North America as a movie December 21st next year, 2022. Uh, this is gonna be however good it's gonna be. Let's say it's pretty good. I have one tweak that I absolutely guarantee would make a better movie. All these same actors, all these same roles, not animated. Just Chris Pratt doing a Mario impression the whole time. Like, it's yeah, a me, Mario. And, 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 and Jack Black all dressed up in a costume walking around. Jack his Black, Bowser. I'm Bowser. <laughs> Come on. Jack that, Black as a live-action Bowser is fantastic. And if he's not Charlie promoting Day the movie... Charlie Luigi, Day is live-action Luigi, all Pepe Silva'd up. Uh, <laughs> I mean... And Keegan-Michael Key as Toad live-action would be freaking hilarious. Are we... Do we know this isn't live-action? It, it does say Illumination is a feature. Illumination is an animation studio. I, did, I actually looked it up okay. just to make sure because the just fantasy sure. just okay. took me so... Right. so. The Illumination's the first live-action movie. That's all I was <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they're going <laughs> to. Uh, Apple TV released a trailer for Invasion starring Sam Neill about mysterious events that seem related to aliens somehow. Perhaps an alien invasion, but there's mysteries. Uh, that's coming October 22nd. Did y'all watch any I, of this? I, I watched, I watched, um, I watched this, uh, 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 this trailer and I was really struck by there was something very familiar about it. And I was like, what is it that's so familiar about it? And I said, oh, that's right, everything. Welcome to <laughs> Generic, the movie. Like, play it, and they're just- It's just... literally named Invasion. I, exactly, Our that's invasion the one- movie <laughs> is called Invasion. It's, it's, every, it's science, it's, it's, it's every, it's, oh, I, I didn't care for it, Tom. It's good SEO, dang it. If you go to Apple TV Invasion movie, they're like, yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, I got it right next to my all-purpose snack crackers and beer. <laughs> my Swiss Army knife. Um, I don't know. I, I, I was on Ken Ray's uh, show this week, uh, and the, the one where we talk about uh, Apple TV to, comes out, I think, on Thursday. Uh, but sneak peek, he asked me about Invasion. He says, are you excited for it? And I'm like, not especially. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll change my mind. It's got Sam Neill. Sam Neill's good. Yeah, uh, doing the one same look that he's done <laughs> since Jurassic Park. I was <laughs> like, yeah, is that Sam Neill from Jurassic Park? <laughs> oh, no, that's Invasion. Okay. Uh, Neil Druckmann, one of the co-creators of Chernobyl, along with Craig Mazing, uh, and who is also teaming up with Craig on The Last of Us for HBO, tweeted a picture from the forthcoming Last of Us HBO series, just, just a still, uh, from behind of Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey as Joel and Ellie looking at a hillside topped with wreckage. We go now to top Last of Us fan Brian Brushwood for the reactions. Well, Tom, as you know, I played both The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2, played it multiple times with my children, one of the most precious games in my entire world, one of the first games to ever make me cry. It has a very important place in my heart, and because I love this game so much, I am hopeful that it'll be quite good. Ayaz? <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking that there's a missed opportunity here if this wasn't an interactive Netflix kind of thing. 
Oh, wow, oh, I just did the thing wow. that I told everybody not to do. Wow, how cynical. Ooh, ooh, why don't you enjoy things more? Hope and, hope and love. Any day you Hypocrite. can say you make Schwitter off his mouth. Hypocrite. Uh, the only thing I really, really, really need you to tell me, Brian, is what is on top of that hill? Uh, Trouble. That's for sure. Looks like a plane. Yeah. Is that, that, but that's not something where you would look at it and go, ooh, that's the thing from the one so scene. Here's what, they, here's what they don't tell you, is that uh, this scene is an uncut 15 minutes of the two of them crouched walking through that grass so as not to be detected. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that's not from so the game really because there's a wide the open space. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, finally, BBC announced that Russell T. Davis, who was the first showrunner when Doctor Who returned to air in 2005, will come back to succeed Chris Chibnall as Doctor Who showrunner in 2023. That'll be just in time to celebrate the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Um, uh, 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 this is inside baseball, but uh, uh, the, I know when I read it, the, the, the word of at the end, it, it just read as this, this, this random blurt of like, the 60th anniversary, F Doctor Who. There was no O. I, I forgot to type the O. It yeah, was great. Was it was a, a great commentary. moment for me. But, but, but you guys are probably bigger Doctor Who fans than I am. Is this a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Uh, I'm in the middle. I've, I've never watched an episode of Doctor Who. Ooh. Well, uh, all right, then I'll pick up the slack. Uh, I really liked a lot of what Russell T. Davies did. I also felt like he was a little cheesier than the rest of them. Uh, so I was always excited to see what Stephen Moffat and, and the rest uh, did later. Uh, but David Tennant was my favorite doctor uh, of that reboot. And so I'm very curious what Russell T. Davies may have learned in his time doing things like a British, very British scandal and seeing what other people did with the doctor and coming back in time for the 60th anniversary. Uh, I, 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 I imagine we're going to get a lot of sentimental uh, fan servicey type things, which is he was known for in his first run. So if you're not into that, you're probably not going to like him coming back, but I'm, I'm going to eat that stuff up. I, I think it's fun. I remember having, cause I did watch the whole first season and I remember getting a distinct, almost a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy kind of vibe where mm -hmm. there was like some, I remember one of the episodes was that like the last living human was just a, 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 a sheet of stretched skin yeah, yeah, and they're all gathering stretched skin. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, you know, spoiler, uh, we, we find out the idea, not, not going to spoil, but there is an identity to that sheet of stretched skin that, oh, is, that is very important in universe. Yeah. All right. Uh, a few other notes here. Graham Norton is going to host queen of the universe, a drag queen singing show for Paramount plus a trailer for the movie Spencer starring Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana was released. A lot of people were commenting on how she nailed Diana's accent. That movie arrives November 5th. Dairy Girls, uh, dear to my own heart, love the show. Uh, we'll end, though, with season three on Channel 4 and Netflix. Disney Plus released a trailer for Muppets Haunted Mansion, a Halloween special coming October 8th. Two specials coming to Disney Plus uh, November 12th, The Origin of Boba Fett, and another one that's around the Marvel Cinematic Universe somehow. They didn't give a whole lot of other details. Marvel dropped a trailer for Hit Monkey, a series about a, a ghost of an assassin played by Jason Sudeikis and a Hit Monkey coming to Hulu November 17th. And NBC picked up the Night Court sequel series. Big Bang Theory's Melissa Rauch plays Harry Stone's daughter, Abby Stone, who is a Night Court judge. And John Larroquette will return to reprise his character, Dan Fielding. I continue to be excited about the Night Court uh, uh, sequel series. Uh, uh, Hit Monkey, 
I, I was not familiar with the property. The trailer itself didn't really surprise me with much. Um, Muppets Haunted Mansion, I thought, was an interesting play because uh, there's been talk about a Haunted Mansion movie for the longest time. Uh, I think at one point there was talk about an Eddie Murphy-starred vehicle, but but always with the idea of you had to stay the night. The clever thing about a Muppets take on it is you get to tell that same story and uh, uh, but 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 not really. You 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 get to. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like releasing the Weird Al parody before the real song comes out. Uh, and likewise, uh, is it just me or from the trailer did it look like this was very much a COVID production where everybody who was a ghost was told report to this studio and do your lines in this green screen and don't worry, yeah. we'll, we'll cut it together. Whether it was COVID or not. Definitely report to the studio and do your lines on the green screen. Yeah, <laughs> right. For sure. And honestly, I don't even mind. It's a Muppets movie. That's fine. I mean, it's not even a movie. It's a, a Muppets special. It, yeah, if it's funny, I'll still enjoy it. Any guys, any other thoughts on any of that? Nope. All right. Then tell us what you've had your eyes on. What have you been watching, IS? I have been just I'm so excited to talk about this movie. It's called Dying to Marry Him. It's a Lifetime Movie Club original movie. <laughs> It hasn't even aired on Lifetime. Wait, wait, wait. Lifetime Movie Club. How right. is that different from just Lifetime Movie? They have their own streaming service, okay? Oh, and it's okay. really cheap. It's like about, I think, about five bucks a month. So it's about the same cost as Apple TV Plus, which is kind of ridiculous. This, let me just tell you what the, 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 uh, the tagline is. A psychotic wedding planner hatches a deadly scheme to marry her first love and childhood best friend. The amount of times I was yelling at the screen because of Chekhov's gun, all right? I'm going to read this. And I'm going to explain. <laughs> Chekhov's gun is a dramatic principle that suggests that details within the story or play will contribute to the overall narrative. This movie does away with that. None of it makes any sense. If there's a detail in the movie, it has nothing to do with anything else in the movie. <laughs> it consistently breaks this rule for the entire runtime. Liz was on the couch with me, with, and I had to pause this movie so many times. I'm like, why is this happening? How? <laughs> this isn't... What? It was just this amazing piece of work and I cannot believe it happened and the person who wrote the movie she's got like 77 credits and I've never seen anything this strangely done it's so I don't want to say it's bad it's just magnificent <laughs> if not for no other reason get Lifetime Movie Club just for one <laughs> month watch this movie called Dying to Marry Him it is mind-blowing I'm just now realizing the title and what is probably the ending of this movie <laughs> Oh, it doesn't matter. It, it, <laughs> remember that. I Nothing mean, matters. You, well, you movie. see, uh, that would make sense if Chekhov's gun was there. <laughs> Instead, it's Chekhov's white noise, apparently. It's Chekhov's camouflage. It's just, I've never seen anything like it. And it's amazing. And it's, 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 it's brand new, too. So watch it. it I, I, can't, I can't say enough good things about this movie because it's just. Oh, that's brilliant. It makes man. you feel. You've, you've all. <laughs> that's what Lifetime movies do. They make you feel. <laughs> Uh, it really you've you've almost got me signing up for Lifetime Movie Club, right? This is the this is the best advertisement they've ever done. Uh, I'm so dying glad. to marry him. Uh, Brian, so what about you? Do you have anything close to dying to marry him? Uh, oof, uh, uh, actually, I, I, I tread very lightly on this one because um, I watched uh, uh, Foundation and I thought the first two episodes were uh, uh, quite interesting and compelling. 
uh, I made the mistake of four hours ago saying I watched Foundation and the two people who <laughs> had read the book and had not watched Foundation immediately launched into, oh, in the books. So I, I, ain't, I ain't read none of them books. I ain't no book reading. Let me guess. Let me guess. In the books, there's a bunch of old white people who go, white men <laughs> who do everything. Uh uh, I don't know what happened in the books, but I know I rather enjoyed uh, Foundation. What about you, Tom? Yeah, we uh, we watched it together, Eileen and I, and uh, she has never read the books. She was constantly turning to me and saying, is that in the books? And I was saying, maybe two out of every 10 questions, no, they changed that. Uh, or yes, that's in the book, but kind of different. And most of the time going, I don't remember. I don't remember if that's in the book or not. It's been so long since I read it and they're changed so much that I can't keep track. But that said, Eileen really enjoyed it too, not having read the book. And I am not religious about Isaac Asimov. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, this is a perfectly great take on the story. Let's see where it goes. Uh, and I think also, maybe, maybe this is also part of re relating to the Cowboy Bebop thing. I love remixes. I love mashups. I love covers. I love... New takes at all, you know, or I, I love, I, I love, I, I don't love every single cover, but I love when I get a new flavor on something that I previously experienced or experienced in reversed order. And I like to remind people, um, uh, the, you know, the Dune movie that was so bad that, that, uh, uh David Lynch refused to have his name associated with it. Uh, if I hadn't watched that, I never would have read the book. It was only because mm -hmm. I love that movie so much that I went and read the book. So if this is what gets me to read foundation, then, then just let me have this. Then I don't want to be right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So I feel like I may have become too cool about Korean dramas. Uh, as as longtime uh, listeners and watchers of Cord Killers know, uh, I watch a lot of Korean dramas. I try to recommend the ones that I, I think might be of interest to folks uh, when they come along uh, from time to time. Uh, but Netflix has an original and. They often have Korean drama originals that they do in partnership with SBS or TVN, usually TVN, because I think it's a Studio Dragon thing, that air on TV in Korea and then on Netflix as well. This one I'm about to tell you is only on Netflix. It's way too violent for Korean television. Uh, and I heard about it first from other people who do not watch Korean dramas and felt a little bit like, well, I mean, if it was so good, well, I'm sure Eileen and I would have known about it. Uh, <laughs> but we decided to watch it anyway. It's really good. Uh, it's called Squid Game. Uh, it is a very Black Mirror-like premise. Uh, people who are hard up and in debt uh, are per are offered the chance to join a game and, uh, and win a bunch of money. Uh, but the game can be deadly. <laughs> and then uh, everything you might uh, expect ensues about, you know, do do they stay in the game? Uh, were they tricked into the game? Can they leave the game? And the, and the answer is they, they can leave the game. Do they leave the game? Uh, there's some interesting choices that you won't expect. It will surprise you from time to time. It's very bloody though. Uh, and uh, it's only nine episodes long, I think. Uh, so it's, it's a quick watch. Unlike a lot of Korean dramas, it's less than an hour per episode. Uh, and it's, it's really well done. Uh, and if you're the per kind of person who's like, I don't care how good it is. I don't read subtitles. There's an English dub uh, of it as well. Cool. 
Uh, to be honest, I highly recommend Squid Game. I, I guess just looking at the uh, uh, the imagery in the trailer, uh, still, I, for some reason, I thought it was a movie, but uh, uh, a short series sounds even better. Yeah. You watched Alice and, uh, in, sorry, have you watched Alice in Borderland on Netflix? No, I haven't. It's a similar premise, um, and that's I, I love that show, and it's and I'm really curious how this one is because it's I'm looking to fill that void. So I'm glad to hear Squid Game. It sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a good it's a good good watch. We we binged it in a couple of days, uh, so uh, go check it out again. It's called Squid Game, and uh, if you're at a Halloween party and somebody's in a green tracksuit, now you know why. Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, I got a pick. I got a pair of picks today. Actually, I got a pair a pickle pe- pair of pickle peppers pick two, today. Pick two. Um, uh, these have taken my viewing habits by storm lately. People who have heard me on other podcasts probably know what this is going to be. So a bunch of people have told me to watch that Netflix docu series, uh, F One Drive to Survive, uh, and I love it. It's great. It's a fantastic show. Uh, it is. Uh, it follows each season of Formula One uh, racing and, and the different drivers. And I really like this in the same way that I like Last Chance You or um, Cheer, both Netflix docuseries. It focuses really strongly on the stories and the drivers and the personalities that happen in the season. And what's very interesting is because this is not like uh, in real time, right? This is about last year's season. Um, they do a really interesting thing, which is that they tell all of they tell pretty much the entire season out of order, completely out of order. The each episode is like based on a team or a driver. And so you see what's what's new with my my friends over at Ferrari. What's going on at McLaren now? And it's a very interesting way to tell the story because you no longer feel like okay, here are these like 20 plus races that I have to keep in my head and I have to keep them all organized. And instead it's just like, no, okay, here was a race. Oh my gosh, here was a race. And can you believe what happened on that day? And here was another day. Oh my gosh. And then they went and they did this next week. Like it's, it's a really interesting kind of organic way of telling that. And the, the other thing that I really like about it is that, um, uh, it got me really familiar with the with the teams and the drivers and stuff, which got me into the F1 TV app. Mm-hmm. And so when you really like Formula One, it's very easy as a cord cutter to watch Formula One. They've got the F1 app and, and the website, which is really cool. It lets you watch uh, all of the the archives of the races. It lets you watch them live. It lets you see all of the other events like qualifying. And they added sprint races this year. So you can watch, you can watch those sprint races um, as well as formula two and formula three. If formula one is too fast for you, you can also watch uh, the other one. So I, I, I think it's really interesting um, that they've kind of built this little pipeline for this little Netflix to, to racing pipeline. Um, so I, I think that's really interesting. If you like sports or competition or, or sports stories, uh, check out F1 Drive to Survive. There are three seasons of that on Netflix, and Formula One airs on ESPN2 in America, and they have an app. It's about $10 a month, which is actually pretty uh, uh, I thought pretty good for about two or three races a month. Uh, oh, Very yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think it's really smart for all of these sports organizations to work on documentaries. The NFL is doing this. Major League Baseball is doing it to get people interested and then therefore want to watch the games because now they have the background. Well, and, and I think yeah. that this one is particularly important because at least uh, uh, in the NFL or NBA or whatever, you're watching human beings, whereas these are just car, you know, machines moving and you're like, go. But they, have, they do have humans in them. Well, it, well exactly. And, mm-hmm. and this is what makes it real to you. You know, you know, the right. team and you know, yeah, because it, it clears through all like football. Like, I'm not going to say football is easy. It's not easy, but it's it's certainly less complicated than 
Formula One, I think, would seem to a layperson. And so this cuts through all of the like, uh, who cares about the wing angle and your fuel gauge? Like, can I just learn about these people? And I think that's a really interesting way to do it. And you see that all the way down from, you know, we talk about Last Chance You and, and, and this Drive to Survive, which is really popular, but even little like there are the the way you get into formula one is through karting as a kid right it's very expensive and very very elite but you go karting and some of these drivers have like kart teams and even they have youtube channels that are like all about the personality here are the people on our kart team and they have hundreds of thousands of views it's like it's very personality driven and i think it's a really interesting way to introduce people to sports very cool uh so if you've got something we should be on the lookout for please email it to us cordkillers at gmail.com thank you we come to you because there is a doghouse system computer that exists, uh, and you could feel like us by having one in your own home, mimic us, uh, and when you do, use the URL doghousesystems.com slash rogue. That tells doghouse systems, no, Brian isn't just stealing your stuff. He's telling people to buy other stuff to pay for it. Uh, yes, that's correct, and uh, uh, I think that's all I, I got this this week. All right, let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. Barbara Broccoli uh, told Sky News that Amazon has committed to releasing James Bond movies in the theaters if and when it closes the acquisition of MGM. A lot of people were worried that, you know, oh, Amazon, they'll just put it on streaming. Amazon's always been pretty good about releasing in theaters and respecting whatever window happens to be in place. Uh, but it's nice for the Broccoli uh, family that controls the rights to Bond to say, no, 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 we talked to him. It's all good. It's going to be in theaters. Uh, Broccoli also said the next Bond after Daniel Craig will not be discussed until next year. So if you hear rumors about who it's going to be those are just rumors until next year then the rumors become real i guess i don't know i i i i know we discussed the big deal when it was first announced but uh, is the door open to really quirky weird stuff like james bond tiktoks or or anything down the road yeah, I don't know. TV uh, series close the acquisition. There's some some rumors that governments might get involved and stop the acquisition as as being uh, antitrust. Uh, so we'll see if they even get MGM. Uh, but if they do, yeah, I don't know. The, the Adventures but, of Young Q, <laughs> the building machines and whatever. Uh, yes, yeah, he has to stay anonymous. Yeah, uh, streaming subscriber growth is finally maturing for Disney. CEO Bob Chapek said investor told investors that they should expect subscriber increases in the, quote, low single-digit millions in the coming quarter. Disney Plus added 12 million last quarter. Yeah, so this is Disney saying, like, don't don't freak out when we tell you it's 8 million uh, instead of 12 million next time. Or maybe JPEG. even 4 million. I don't know. JPEG setting expectations low. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I, I mean, I guess, man, boy, Disney, Disney Plus just had such a perfectly timed launch i say with with uh, it's gross to say but in the middle of covid really good time to launch a streaming service with the beloved back catalog cnbc sources say that apple uh along with others uh, peacock was was among those uh in the cnbc article as well told the alliance of theatrical stage employees that apple tv plus had fewer than 20 million subscribers peacock and paramount plus said the same thing because that lets all those organizations pay at a lower rate uh, the union has agreements that are like, hey, if your service reaches this many people, you have to pay at a higher rate because, you know, they're, they're, it's a more popular service. Uh, Apple, of course, said in response, it pays rates that are comparable to leading streaming services. So it could be a situation where Apple 
was like, no, we have less than 20 million, so this is our guaranteed rate. But they they still could pay people more than that. Nobody's going to object if they did. Uh, this is a wild. <laughs> Apple TV is a thing. <laughs> Apple TV Plus is a thing. Uh, wild speculation here, conspiracy theory. Is it possible? Like, would the free? You know, you you buy an Apple device, you get the service for free. Does that make you a subscriber or no? Yeah, does it? We don't know. We right. don't know if they're only talking about paid subscribers. That would make sense for Peacock too, right? Because they have the free ad-supported version. Do they count those people, or is it only the paid for people? Uh, we don't know any of that stuff, so it's it, it's hard to say. It is interesting because we haven't got numbers for Apple TV Plus broken out, uh, and so journalists jumped on this. It's like, aha, we have a number. It's less than 20 million, apparently. Or is it? We also right. have a union story. Oh, what do we do? Uh, do we make fun of Apple for having less than 20 million, or do we try to imply that that it's more than 20 million and they're trying to pay union employees less. Ah, my clickbait headlines work either way. What do I do? Apple starts cackling, checkmate. <laughs> Google TV's latest update lets Android users use their mobile devices as a remote. You can add the remote tile to a quick settings or get it through the Google TV app. After the new remote feature is widely available, the Android TV remote app will no longer be supported and available for use. Yeah, so swapping out. Uh, Google TV app for the Android TV app, which means that everybody, Android TV and Google TV users will be able to use it, uh, which is very good for the Google TV users. A little annoying for the Android TV users, honestly, because I thought to make that adjustment. Uh, and Comcast launched a streaming device called the Z1, named after Xi Jinping, the president of... Ch no, I, I don't know, oh, but it's spelled <laughs> the same. It's X-I-O-N-E. Uh, for customers of Xfinity and Sky worldwide, it will start in Europe. It's going to be available in Europe first. Comcast is also working with Hisense and Walmart on a TV to be called Class X TV. Uh, X, uh, uh, they like access. Yeah, I, I never know what to expect from, from that. Um, uh, Viacom CBS is promoting a bundle with Paramount Plus and Showtime for $10 a month with ads or $13 a month without ads. That seems like good pricing. Until October 20th, Paramount Plus alone is 5 or $10, depending on ads, and Showtime is $11 a month. This is the same bundle that has been offered through Apple TV Plus since last year. Uh, that's, that's good pricing. $3 more to go no ads? That yeah. seems like an easy way to go. I jumped on this through Apple TV Plus when they first uh, announced it uh, last year uh, because, you know, why not? Just get free content. Yep. All right, let's get to the dispatches from the front. Terry Z wrote us from Chicago, and for the purposes of this show, I will assume he is a White Sox fan. He writes... I've seen many sites say how easy it is for non-Apple users to watch Apple TV+. Plus. Lots of other sites are saying the same thing. I think they're all lying. <laughs> I downloaded the Apple TV app from Amazon and installed it on my Toshiba TV with Fire TV. However, to watch the Plus, the app says I must have subscribed to Apple TV Plus on an Apple device. The only Apple devices I have are an iPod Touch and a very old iPad model MC918LLA running 9.3.5. The iPad just runs me around and never gets me anywhere. I can sign up for Plus. Am I missing something? Do you have any suggestions? Thanks in advance, Terry Z. Uh, Terry, I, I, I know I, it's not an exact. I, I oh. want to go. I want to oh. get right to the to to the solution part, Brian, and then and then you can jump in. Oh sure. Uh, I created a new Apple ID and signed up for a trial Apple TV Plus account on my Windows machine. 
I don't know why your iPad isn't working. That's really strange, uh, especially the newer ones. Uh, but maybe it's because it's so old. But anyway, if you have a Windows machine, just go sign up there, then use that credential. I don't know why the app's telling you that. It's weird. Uh, but I was able to make it work. So maybe that will help you. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm having trouble because of the hybrid experience, but I mean, it is a constant, you know, because I like to watch on a browser, but but I, I, I've i never had to re-authenticate so many times. And each time it's, you know, on a device and then half the time my wife clicks like, oh, allow this. And then before I get it, so she allows it, but then I don't have the pin. So I have to I have to do it again. It's uh, I've I uh, also yeah. have found it very, very clunky, uh, Terry. The authentication I thought, thing, especially in the browser, is really annoying i i've had that same experience with uh not apple tv plus but with the apple sign-in stuff for for baseball i would have to sign in all the time and it really was really annoying it was convenient to set it up and then you have to i mean i appreciate the security and the two-factor and all but oh i'm trying to just play baseball yeah yeah uh here's the solution for you guys just buy an apple tv <laughs> and you know i hear i hear it's a thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then Cliff in Mala, New Jersey said, this is something I never thought I would see. Optimum Altice Cable is my internet provider and cable TV provider where I live in northern New Jersey. They just started promoting a package to get your internet from them and use an Apple TV to offer their own streaming for TV packages over the internet. It'd be like using their cable internet and getting all your TV from streaming services like YouTube TV or Sling, et cetera, except it would be their own cable TV package delivered over the internet, including local channels and services like Hulu, HBO Max, et cetera. I don't know what took them so long, but yes, all the cable services should be doing this. I, Spectrum actually has a plan like this in Southern California here, but they hide it. I'm like, no, you should be pushing that because anybody with that internet service is going to be like, oh yeah, maybe I'll just I get all your channels and but but I don't have to bother with a installer coming by and getting your box. Yeah, I'm all for it. Why, yeah, I, you, I don't know why they're not doing this more. Uh, I, I mean, I would assume because uh, 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 somebody would have to explain the technical details of why different thing is good to board members and it's easier mm. to to just say, no, do same thing, same thing good, yeah. numbers, okay. same. Okay, do do new thing but hide it so board member don't see. Yeah, yeah. It's, right. It's, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense to me. Is Apple TV a thing? It's a thing, but I'm curious if they hide it because you're not getting the revenue from the rental of the box itself. Maybe that's oh, yeah, that, that, that denies them a five ninety nine a month an fee. Involved. That's a good point. Yeah. Saying like, well, you can offer it, but you know, we'd rather they get the. It box could be a tech thing too, exactly. right? Exactly. Having to build a new up. app to serve all of that mm -hmm. service, and no, you may not have is, it. Served, this, in both way. situations, that could be why others haven't started it. Mm. But Spectrum has the app. And yet they make it hard to get, I don't know. It's uh, it, it, it could be that they're in a slow rollout experimental phase, you know, because look, uh, I mean, when you're that big, there, there, there are quarterly reasons why nobody yeah, wants yep. to put their job on the line to be the Absolutely. one to suggest a, a bold move. Well, I, as Akhtar, you, my friend, are a bold move all your own. Uh, what do you got going on these days? Well, you can go to youtube.com slash CNET. Uh, we have tons and tons of videos there. So if you're like, what am I going to watch now? Just go there. Plenty of stuff. Yeah. There was this this uh, phone came out from that uh, the company that makes that little TV box thing, uh, Apple. They have Rope. this uh, phone thing, and we got all these reviews up and stuff like that. So um, check that out. Yeah, there's a great show called Top Five on CNET. Uh, yes. You can, you, 
You can. It's been on for years too. You can go back and watch old. That's episodes. why I'm wearing this shirt that says that has a one on it. That's why I've yeah. got a notepad it's that all... says top five is a thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's also one on Tech Republic, but that's a different company. No, that guy's not good. Don't watch yeah. That. Yeah, he's he's tired. Uh, our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. And we're live on twitch.tv slash night attack, which is also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on? Uh, I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons, all these wonderful names. I'm sorry, names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cordkillers would be the place to go. I mean, they're, yeah. scra they're, they're scratching our itch, like, because we're I think addicted. as long as it's consensual, like, it's we're fine. We're addicted to their money. And love. Might as well face it. Well, <laughs> goddamn it. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>